Well, friends, we're continuing our journey through Ecclesiastes, and we've been learning that everything is vapor on this side of heaven, um, or everything's like chasing after the wind. We live lives chasing after things like happiness, but are often left wanting. I'd like you to open up your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 13 to 20, and please read along with me. Um, I'll read. That is Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 13. I've seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners, or wealth lost through some misfortune, so that when they have children, there is nothing left for them to inherit. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and everyone comes so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. This too is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, they depart. And what do they gain since they toil for the wind? All their days they eat in darkness with great frustration, affliction and anger. This is what I have observed to be good. That it is inappropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Let me pray before we get into the word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you again that you have called us together to be people who listen to your word, to engage with what you have to say to us. We thank you that your word is life-giving and cuts us to the heart. And we do pray that as we reflect upon Ecclesiastes, that you may help us grow in wisdom, help us to find satisfaction in our toil, we pray. Amen. Well, friends... Hands up if you think our world is full of unhappiness. A few of you? I see unhappiness everywhere. We just saw unhappiness in that video. Tears, pain, it's all around us. Unhappiness is hard to avoid. One study followed individuals for eight decades and found that being unhappy and around unhappy people gave you poorer health. The study described being around unhappy people like taking, taking in a secondhand smoke. Happiness is hard to achieve as well. One study found that people who earn the most, that is $10 million plus each year, are only a smidge happier than the average person on an average wage. Unhappiness attacks us on all levels through the negativity of other people. For me personally, that takes me down to be around a negative person. I'm like, I'm unhappy now. Or through the dissatisfaction with our wealth, that can make us unhappy. Through our unrealistic expectations of others, that can increase unhappiness. Unhappiness strikes us down through poor genetics or life choices that you now regret, through lifelong struggles with things like trauma, to trying to keep up with the Joneses, as we know that phrase is. Unhappiness is an emotion that haunts our worlds, enslaved to our feelings, 
and powerless to change, we become unhappy people. It festers in us, filling us with frustration. It makes us physically sick. It fills us with resentment. It is undeniable we live in a world full of unhappiness. Indeed, I recall when I was an unhappy 12-year-old boy. The summer holidays came around and I was desperate to purchase one thing, the new Pokemon game. I was a 90s kid. It was all about Pokemon. But there was a problem. I had no money. I was poor. Maybe I had a few cents in my um, you know, savings, but I had nothing at all. To reach the prize target of $60, I would work with Dad, who was a landscaper, for a ridiculous amount of money. Hands up if you think you know how much I got each day. Any guesses? $2, a dollar? I'd say ridiculous back then was $5. When I became 18, I realized I can charge Dad $22 an hour. And he's like, you're a good worker, I'm gonna pay you your wage, but $5. And so there under the sun, I shoveled literally hundreds of bags of chicken poo into bags to sell to the local produce store. I smelt like poo. I, sh I lifted bricks throughout the work site and grazes all up my arm, bloody sometimes. I cut and rolled acres of turf. I repotted thousands of grevilleas. If you need some grevilleas, let me know. All day long, under that sun, I loathed the pain of toil. I counted down the hours of the day. I prayed for rain to come. You know why? Because we can get off the site and I can still get that $5. I dreamt about Pokemon. Oh, if only I could play that game. But every day, I felt like I was toiling for the wind. I could see what I wanted, but it always seemed to be out of reach. I was always a bit short. I was at $45, but it felt like forever to get to that target of $60. In my own way, I cried out with the preacher, everything is meaningless. I was never satisfied in my toil. I was often overwhelmed with a bitter sense of unhappiness deep within and today I'd like to explore with you that unhappiness that we can experience in our own toil and the first point I'd like to share with you is that there is frustration in our toil Ecclesiastes 5:16. let me read again as man comes so he departs and what does he gain since he toils for the wind there's this phrase there, toiling after the wind. What is that all about? Well, let me put it in my own words, this verse. This is like the Jesse Baker Bible translation, ready? What lasting benefit is there for a person who works for a mere puff of wind? He comes into the world empty-handed and he leaves the same way. This is a frustrating fact. Or, put it in a different way, it seems there is no lasting benefit for someone who works for a mere breath of air. A person enters this world with nothing and leaves the same way. This whole situation is very terrible. Hands up 
if you would love to be paid each day with vapor, with wind. Anyone here? No? No one wants to be paid their wage with wind? <laughs> no one. Okay. Well, you're in agreement with the preacher right here. It sucks. With death on the horizon, the preacher feels like he's being paid in wind. He feels like his work has no lasting value. He feels like he doesn't have time to enjoy it all. He feels like all his labor without God, remember it's under the sun, is in vain. It's in vain. How frustrating. He then says this in verse 17. Besides all their days, they eat in darkness, in much vexation and sickness and resentment. Another phase worth looking at, he eats in darkness. He literally eats all his days in grief. He's in pain. And this pain is having effects on his body because he can't enjoy his lot or he feels like he's going to lose his lot due to death. He's getting sick in the body. He's getting frustrated in the mind. He's getting resentful in his heart. And so the unhappy person is a person who is frustrated in their toil because their days are numbered. Death makes toil frustrating. And friends, we all feel this frustration in our toil. In fact, I'm seeing, a I'm seeing this a lot on social media, media at the moment amongst those with young families. One local parent wrote this on their social media, not from this area. She said, how do you push through? My kids have been sick on and off for what feels like an eternity. It all started earlier this year when we attracted COVID. We were in isolation for nearly three weeks and one of my kids has been sick every week since. She concludes, I'm honestly over it. The strength and resilience that I once had is gone. You can only be knocked down so many times before you can't get back up. How difficult is life under the sun? You work hard to keep one kid healthy, and me and Jess are experiencing this right now, and then the other is infected with something entirely different that goes right through the whole family. You, you do everything to keep your kids healthy. You isolate them from one another. You feed them a nutritious diet. You keep them warm in the winter. You spend quality time with them. But it feels like all your work is in vain because at the end of the day, the next kid gets sick. There's little reward for your work. You're left frustrated like you're being paid with worthless wind. Jess, I'm just talking about you. <laughs> it feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> what is my pastoral response to this frustration that we can experience under the sun? Well, let's have a look. The challenge is to actually stop, to slow down, to realize that our days are numbered, to find satisfaction in our toil, to find satisfaction in our lots, Ecclesiastes 5, 18 and 19 says, Then I realize that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, 
to accept his lot and be happy in his work. This is a gift of God. So under the sun, the preacher saying the best thing you can do is actually to slow down and drink in, eat, feast, enjoy life. Enjoy your lot. Enjoy your wealth. Enjoy your possessions. Enjoy even, I know it's hard to say it, your work. To delight in that. And I know it's hard. You've got this much paperwork at home. It's building up. And someone comes along and says, here's some more. Be like, oh, literally this happened to me today. I need, now need to fill out another survey. And I'm like, oh, I've got all this other paperwork to do. <laughs> that was my reaction. But the preacher Solomon saying, enjoy it. Enjoy filling out that survey. Who hands up if you have heaps of washing to do right now? A few of you. Hands up if your garden is overgrown. Hands up if you've got livestock and they need something. Okay, great. You need to enjoy doing that. Hands up if you have more gospel work to do. Everyone! Aren't we called to make disciples of all nations? Well, the challenge is to find satisfaction in your toil. Praise God for the gift of work. Give thanks for life and breath. Enjoy the possessions, your lot, your wealth that God has given you. All this, this life that you're living right now is a gift. Is a gift of grace that Lord has given you. The happy person, friends, finds satisfaction in their toil. But how can we begin to live this joy, in this happiness in our toil, this life of joy and happiness in our toil? Well, friends, I would like to point you straight to the happiest person who has ever lived, and that's our Lord Jesus. The surprising testimony of the New Testament is that Jesus was a man unparalleled and unshakable in joy. Even though he was a man of sorrows who carried all our sin and shame upon the cross, he was the most joyful person at the exact same time. This Scottish theologian, Donald MacLeod, says, A joyless life would be a sinful life, but Jesus experienced deep, habitual joy. His joy was just ingrained in who he was as the Son of God. B.B. Warfield, who was a great preacher in the past, says, he came as a conqueror with the gladness of the imminent victory in his heart. But you might be thinking, you're just, pre you're just quoting theologians and preachers in the past. Show me in the text where Jesus has this gladness despite all the toil that he had, in, had to endure. Well, friends, we read these scriptures throughout the New Testament. The joy of Jesus is addressed in Hebrews Chapter 1, verse 9, where God is talking to God the Son. God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. The joy of Jesus is also prophesied by David in Psalm 21, verse 6. You make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. Jesus is actually accused of having too much joy. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard 
a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus finds joy in his work as a shepherd, as he saves souls. Luke 15, 6 says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And so we see the joy there. We see joy in Jesus' relationship with God the Holy Spirit and God the Father in Luke chapter 10, verse 21. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus was a man of great, deep-seated joy. Even though Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, the thing that sustained him as he looked to the cross was his deep, habitual joy in toil. Think about it. And I often quote this scripture. In the garden, the night before he died, Jesus was sorrowful and troubled. He confessed, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Jesus was full of anguish. But what sustained him in the agonies of his betrayal by friends, denial by a disciple, trial by corrupt rulers, mocking by soldiers, crucifixion in public. What sustained Jesus? Let's go back to it. His happiness, his joy in toil, in his mission. And we see this most beautifully expressed in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He actually looked to the cross with joy in his heart. Wow. Jesus endured the most difficult, most shameful, most unfitting toil in all history, and he did it with a deep gladness. Deep gladness. Dare I say even satisfaction. How amazing. Quote, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, Jesus bled and died to take away our sin. We just sang that. He gladly bared our sin upon the cross. How great thou art is our God. How great you are. Jesus is the most joyful man and found such joy amid the greatest toil. Friends, yesterday I had a meeting, uh, community care, afternoon tea, and I was actually speaking to Margaret afterwards. I was saying to her at the end of the meeting, I'm wrecked. I don't know how I'm going to get through tomorrow. At this stage, I've written half my sermon. <laughs> and it was five o'clock. <laughs> what do you think I was doing last night? I was like, not finding joy at all. But as I was writing this back end of the sermon, looking at the life of Jesus, I was rebuked. Rebuked. Find joy, Jesse. Find satisfaction. Find happiness in your toil. I was complaining at Jess. I was like, oh, Jess, I have like 700 words to write. You know? <laughs> things to reflect upon. Things to study. But by God's grace, he sustained me. And I actually got to the end of writing that sermon last night, the one that I'm preaching right now, and I found deep satisfaction and joy. And so Christ now turns to me and you 
and says, Look at what I endured with joy for your salvation. Therefore, be joyful, dear child, dear friend, dear servant, in your labor. He says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. He says, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. He says, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. There is no hypocrisy when it comes to Christ. He wants our joy to be full, He wants His joy to be ours. He wants us to be full of heavenly happiness amid every labor and affliction. He wants us to have the joy expressed in the church of Thessalonica, where they received the gospel under great affliction and were full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. And so my challenge for you today, this is a takeaway point for those who like that. Be satisfied in your toil by practicing Christ-like joy. Be satisfied in your toil by practicing Christ-like joy. And how do I begin practicing this joy? Let me read two more scriptures. I know I've just been sharing scripture upon scripture with you today, but it comes through the means of the word of God. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And he also says, these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy. The joy of Christ that gives us deep satisfaction in our toil comes when we come with open ears, ready to take in, to drink in, to savour what Christ is saying to the church. And so my friends, my application in light of the, top, the point is to be students of the word, be apprentices of Jesus Christ, continue to engage with the word of God, listen to his word, because if you do that, you'll be exposed to the life of Christ so much so that his life becomes deeply instilled in your very own life so that your life will be full of joy like his. And so friends, please go away this top point. Be satisfied in toil by practicing Christ-like joy. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us, uh, us all a lot to enjoy. Help us to enjoy it. But Lord, most of all, we do pray that you help us to live into the joy of Christ. For he found deep satisfaction despite the greatest toils. May we also live with such joy, we pray. Amen. Amen.